I mean, it's, that's how, but that's how close it is. So you got to give them credit. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, shoot, the dude made, you know, those guys made big plays. And, and that's what it comes down to is who makes enough of those big plays. You know, we dropped a couple interceptions too. I mean, we were in position and unfortunately we didn't execute when we had the opportunity. But again, our guys are playing hard. They're resilient. You know, and I, I did say this a little bit. It's not necessarily an excuse, but it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's part of what's happened. Our guys played their butts off for, for four weeks to put ourselves in this position. And I appreciate the effort they gave us. But honestly, I think we were a little wore down. And we did everything we could to, 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 to make it a great game, to give us an opportunity and restore the rivalry that is Washington-Dallas. Welcome to the Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. You gotta like that, right? My approval ratings keep going up. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. Welcome in. This is Defeating the Curse, a rare midday show. But man, do I love these shows. I don't have to stay up late. I don't have to beg anyone to come on with me. I don't have to, you know, get extra caffeine into my system to stay awake. For those that that have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Stevie, I love these shows. I got to be honest. I love the midday shows. It definitely pulls us away from life and from other things that we're supposed to be doing. Uh, it's just a rare, it's these are one of these rare shows, but there's a lot happening around the Washington football team. There's a lot happening around the Capitals. There's a lot happening around the Wizards. And I'm not going to try to make conversation with you about either of those teams because there's no chance that you've been watching either. But I was with you on Sunday and we did watch the majority of the Washington football team. You know what? I'm going to say at Dallas because Dallas took over FedEx. And, and you know, I think we all expected, you know, Dallas fans, the never been to Dallas fans, the normal Dallas fans, the annoying Dallas fans. I think we expected all of them to be in FedEx. That shouldn't have surprised anyone that follows the football team or that's been to, to FedEx in the past. You and I, of course, we, we, we have complained many a time about how our club seats for many years and our season tickets and our dream seats. I think I feel like we've paid our dues in that regard. Dream seats. What I didn't expect, though, is that the Carolina Stars would be in town, right? And, and you know, almost 200 fans coming up from Charlotte. North Carolina to come cheer on the it's like there was like this thing I you know and I'm not going to go into onto Cowboys Reddit to see how they organize but man do they show up especially when you know they know there's available seats so you got to give them credit I guess they they travel really well you know in the nation's capital here in DC leading up to the game Stevie obviously Washington was coming off a four game win streak they ended up obviously losing the game uh, that clip that we led the show in with is coach Rivera on local radio uh, early Tuesday morning talking about you know restoring the rivalry and and certainly leading up to this game it felt like some of the older you know then Redskins Cowboys games like it had that I don't know allure around it and I think it was because both teams were needing a win. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys secure their spot up top the NFC East, and now they're they're really in the driver's seat to run away with the division at this point. I think they need one of their last three against the division opponents to basically lock it up. The best Washington can do is tie them, and that's assuming a split. But I don't even want to get into the advanced analytics of how Washington can win the division. The important part as we sit here right now, to me, is Washington is, you know, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, Washington is in as that seventh seed, but... 
They have two games left against the Eagles. They have one against the Giants and obviously one against the Cowboys. But before we start looking too far ahead, I want to go back to Sunday and get your thoughts on the game. That first half was atrocious in so many different regards. The second half, you know, they held Dallas to three. And I think if you want to hang your hat on anything, that's probably where you start. But what were your initial impressions? Because mine were not very positive. Yeah, I, you know, we just heard that quote from Rivera. I mean, I, I'm not sure we were watching the same game. And and let, let me just, okay, okay, all right, all right. Uh, let, let me, I got a bunch of different places I can go here. But restoring the rivalry, what restores the rivalry is when you have two contenders, perennial contenders that are at the top of their league that are playing year in and year out. Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and every other SEC team, and Georgia, and LSU, and uh, Penguins and Capitals, uh, you know, who are the Lakers rivals? Who, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, the Celtics. So there you go. Lakers, Celtics. Be the Kings. At one point, it was yeah. the you, you, know, cannot have a, the you cannot have a rivalry when you have two mediocre. I mean, Dallas is more than mediocre. But when you don't have perennial contenders, when we are, are not a contender on a year-in, year-out basis, who cares? The, 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 that antiquated idea of getting amped up for Dallas week because it's Dallas week. Okay. So, I get amped up for Dallas week. So stupid because it's like, if we lose every game, but we beat Dallas, it's a great, it's like, that's so stupid. You go okay. two and well, 14. It's I don't, so I don't, yeah, I don't agree with that extension of it. Like the, there are other games that matter, but, but it is your rival. And historically there is a lot of context around the rivalry. There is. It, it was it your is. rival because they were year in and year out competing in the early nineties. When we were winning Super Bowls in the late eighties and in 91, 92, they were also at the top of their game and took over as you know, the, the, the top brass. Well, of the and, NFL. And, yeah. And, that's and, the rivalry. and a lot of it, you're right. And a lot of it had to do with the NFC East also being the premier the premier division, right? For the, the Giants had their moment. The Eagles, obviously, with your boy McNabb under center. I mean, they were they were. I mean, they were essentially contenders all the time, right? And that's what happens when you have a quarterback. Like this, some things are from generation to generation, right? If you have a quarterback, you're going to compete. Eli Manning, say what you want about him, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He, be, I mean, he may end up in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster as well because the the Manning Manning broadcast is amazing. But you know, when you have the quarterback, you're going to compete. And for Washington, outside of you know, the, the Brad Johnson time and then the, you know, the Jason Campbell years, I guess, when Gibbs got him into the playoffs and then one RG3 run. Listen to what you just said. That makes no sense. I, I'm saying the, they haven't. The I'm, I'm, I'm supporting your point. There isn't okay. a rivalry here because Washington and, hasn't been that perennial contender. They haven't. Yes, they haven't. We're, we're, we're not old enough, but we've read enough history books that the rivalry was born with George Allen and Stahlbeck and Jurgensen and Riggins and these yes. names. You can't be like, oh, Jason Garrett versus Jason Campbell or Danny Warfield. Or McCarthy and like, Rivera. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, not a rivalry. That's yes. a really crappy football game. And so, well, and this and this game started out as a really crappy football game. I mean, the the Cowboys were all over the WFT from the beginning. I mean, they maybe maybe Ron was onto something. That quote. I mean, he was he he basically said the team maybe was a little tired. I mean, a four game uh, win streak is not easy to do. It's possible, Stevie. They're on they're on their fifth center. They just signed. There's they're potentially their sixth starting center. This about two hours ago, the the football team claimed uh, J- uh, Jamil Douglas off waivers from the Buffalo Bills. If he plays one snap at center, he will be the sixth or maybe seventh center to play. That's insane, Steve. You're, I mean, you're, team- you're, you're making the opposite point, Joe. Is they were not tired. They were not whatever. 
Rivera was looking at this game with very much rose-colored uh, glasses here, okay? Because they weren't any of that. They were never in the game. I don't care that they had the ball with a chance to tie it up at the end of this game. They were never really in this game. Dallas let their foot off the gas in the second half. I agree. Defense let them back in it. And and they hey, – do you have the Denny Green uh, audio? Because they are who we thought they were, Okay. That's what uh, that's what we are. Well, is- you know, I think I think I think you got to tip your hat to the to the Cowboys as well. I think they are who we thought they were as well. I mean, this the Cowboys are a very talented offensive team, and Michael Parsons in that defense, they're really. I mean, this is I believe, and again, I'm not I'm not going to go a mile deep on on Cowboys Reddit to to confirm this, but I believe that this is the first game where the entire Cowboys complement offensive and defensive parts, all their studs on both sides of the ball, were healthy and played. And for those first 24 minutes, Stevie, I mean, they, they looked awesome. Well, you know, they looked just, I mean, that defense had no gaps. And, and part of that too is Washington struggles. And you mentioned this last week, the receivers struggled to get separation. We can talk about Taylor and his noodle arm and his inability. I mean, his, it's almost laughable that he was telling Terry on a scramble to go deeper. Like if anything, he should be doing the other motion, like come closer, right? Like, like, uh, you know, like pick up football in the street. Like he, he can't get it there. The ball's always late. It's well, always high. And I don't want to talk about that at length, but the Cowboys, even without Tony Pollard, they looked, and even, I mean, Zeke had what, 40 yards rushing. Like Zeke is not who. It sucks. What, yeah. I mean, at this point it's, he's, he's a shell of himself, but it's between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. And, and by the way, the Cooper chants are super annoying. Uh, Michael Gallup, you know, had a, a 50 yard bomb called back. It's uh they have a ton of offensive firepower. And and I'm actually surprised that they only gave up three points, that the football team only gave up three points in the second half. Well, uh, you know, you, you highlighted that side of the ball. I, I was much more struck by the other side of the ball. And, you know, I don't want to talk about Taylor because any quarterback under that type of duress is not going to succeed. I mean, we've seen it with Brady against the Giants in those Super Bowls. And when you got guys coming at you like that, the way Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, and Micah Parsons were coming at you, you had no time. And admittedly, I, I, I had some other obligations on Sunday, as you know, but um, the, the, when I watched that game, Terry McLaurin looked small. He didn't look inadequate. He looked small against Trayvon Diggs, okay? And, I mean, talk about no separation. I mean, there was just no chance he was going to get open on a route. I mean, I, it, it almost looked like Taylor stopped looking at him because Trayvon Diggs was following him around and zero catches. I mean, that that's incredible for your number one receiver in a big game like this. And so, uh, I mean, they were dominant on the defensive side of things, and they look like a complete team. When you talk about every level of that defense, their linebackers covering hash, to, hash mark to hash mark. I mean, these guys are flying around the ball. That front four looks scary now that they got everybody back. Randy Gregory made one of the most athletic plays I've seen a defensive end make uh, on that interception. So we were completely overmatched. Our O-line stood no chance. We could not establish the running game. And like you said, Taylor Heineke is a backup quarterback against a premier defense. We were never in that game. And so what I, what I, I, I want to tell Mr. Rivera, with all due respect, is, hey, we're a mediocre football team. And obviously he can't admit this in a press conference. We're a mediocre football team. That's hanging on. And the best case scenario for this season right now is we hang on to that seven seed, get blown out in the first in the wild card of the playoffs, 
and cut our losses and have a, a lovely. You know, and I'm and I'm actually I'm happy that you're on that. Let's still push for the playoffs because some of our uh, our cast members here are they're not pro tanking, but they also As don't want to make the playoffs and and lose. But here's my just my I'm I'm with you. I think if you have the chance to compete and make the playoffs, you should because you have to. There's more than just the draft, right? At this point, even if you miss the playoffs by a game or two, you're still drafting in the high teens. You're not you're not in the in the lottery sweepstakes. You're not going to have a top three, five, six pick. It's not going to happen. And frankly, when you have those picks, you know Chase. You know I think the jury's still out on him. Great rookie campaign, obviously injured in his second season, and we'll see what happens long term. But I am of the mindset that you have to push to make the playoffs because you can't afford any coach, no coach can afford to lose the locker room and basically just mail it in. But secondly, you have to be able to retain your free agent talent when they come up, you know, for for contract renewals. And that's really hard to do when your team is constantly missing the playoffs. And more importantly, and this is my opinion, but I, I think I think if we're honest, it's more important that you're you're competing or at least consistently making the playoffs to be able to poach free agents and bring free agents in because you 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 have to be able to say, you know, under like how e- how much easier is it for Ron to try to close a free agent next summer saying, you know, I've been here for 2 years, we've made the playoffs for 2 years, we're building something here and we're moving forward even if it's ug- an ugly way into the playoffs, you have to be able to keep your talent you have to be able to, you know, bring in free agents, and obviously you're going to have to draft well, also. But I mean, go talk to the the Detroit Lions, who are picking every single year in the lottery in the top three or four or five. Go talk to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have a new coach and you know revolving door of coaches and quarterbacks. Like, I would much rather be the football team. I would rather, much rather make the playoffs and be building towards something, even if it's really slowly. But I, I don't, I just don't think you can afford to to mail it in. I mean, and Absolutely. and the. And the irony here is, you know, they they have a they have a tall task against Philly. I mean, Philly Gardner, uh, your boy uh, Minshew came in and played very well for them on Sunday. I, I think we're going to have Jalen back under center. Jalen is a dual threat quarterback. I mean, uh, he's he's going to run more than he than he's going to throw. But Philly's been doing. I mean, Philly, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're on. They've won what five of four, uh, five of six or four of five or something to that effect. So, you know, kind of in the same spot as the football team. And obviously they're looking at the schedule and saying, if we get two on Washington, we leapfrog them and into that seventh spot. So there's, they, they're playing for something too. The, their, their formula for success tends to be the same as Washington run the ball a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Don't rely on the quarterback to make those deep throws or, or to, to pass your, pass your way into a game or out of, out of trouble. I think it's going to be really hard for Washington to to compete in this game if they're missing all the defensive players that they're missing. Most notably, I mean Jonathan Allen, who now who is, you know, and, and we I don't know. It, part of me doesn't want to talk about this, but I think we have to. You have a mix of vaccinated players and unvaccinated players in pretty much every locker room across the NFL. Jonathan Allen is a vaccinated player. Unless he's walking around like you know doing snot rockets at, at other players or something to 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 merit having him tested for COVID, we we got to stop with the random testing. Like what, it what, isn't. What what is? Are, are you suggesting that you want guys walking around a crowded room or locker room with an illness that they could transmit to other people without knowing? I am it? suggesting. That, that is, that is, I am suggesting that. The athletes in the NFL represent the top zero percent, like zero point one percent of the healthiest people on the planet. 
And if they and if they get COVID, three hundred and fifty pounds. I'm not sure he's the healthy. Okay, but they're not obese. I mean, they're 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 physically able to perform at, at a level that that most humans on the planet can't. My my point is, Stevie, if they're vaccinated, why are we still testing them? Like we at this point, we know you can be vaccinated and get COVID. You can be vaccinated and spread COVID. You can be unvaccinated and not get COVID. Like all of these things still exist. But here we are at a pivotal point of the season. A vaccinated player now has to test uh, negative twice on back-to-back days to be able to play in what is effectively a playoff game showing no signs of, okay. of illness at all. Come on, Joe. I mean, these men and people are being forced to go to a workplace environment where they cannot work remotely. They cannot work from home. So they're being forced to go to a, a place with hundreds of other people in the building. And so, the, yeah, the, for the, the the safety of everybody, I mean, they're interacting with trainers, they're interacting with the, the, the I don't know, ball kids, I don't know, whatever. They're who also interacting with fans, they're interacting with the coaches. Okay. They're, you know, they're, they're also living their lives outside of, you know, outside well, of the, well, the Ashburn bubble. Is, is how do they get, uh, you know, how did Montez Sweat get COVID and how did Jonathan Allen get it from him when Montez Sweat's not even supposed to be around the team? Well, well, and Montez Sweat is an interesting one as well because Montez Sweat is an unvaccinated player that is on the COVID list who is potentially eligible to, to return as early as Saturday to the team, which means he could be active for Sunday, but he hasn't practiced with the team in, I mean, I don't know, two and a half weeks. I mean, what do you do if you're Ron Rivera and Montez clears and he's able to go? Obviously, if Jonathan Allen, Jonathan Allen's going to go. Like if he, if he tests negative twice, he's going to go. No question about it. But if you're if your coach, you know Rivera or or uh, JDR, and you've got Montez potentially able to play on Sunday, returning to the team on Saturday, able to play on Sunday, but he hasn't practiced with the team. Do you do you bring him on and let him put you know basically push him out there because you're, you're so you know light basically on, on defensive defensive ends and defensive players, or do you say no? I'd rather have the guy who's been practicing for two. No, weeks. I mean Montez Sweat is a first round premier pass rusher. I mean, he's a talented guy. The question I have is, does he need to be on a snap count? Like what's his stamina coming back? And so if that's the case, then I think you're rotating him in on clear pass rushing situations. So you're getting him in on third downs, you're getting him in in second and longs, getting him to attack the quarterback when there's a clear pass uh, passing down and then rotating out the other guys. And, and you know, because he is coming back from injury. It's been, I don't know, five, six, maybe even seven weeks. And, uh, you, you know, he hasn't practiced with the team. So scheme-wise, you know, he may need a, a little bit of learning curve here. But uh, when when there's going to be pass rushing downs, you're going to need Montez Sweat in there. You're going to need those big arms, those, those kind of uh, long arms to get in the way of some of the passing lanes. Absolutely, if he's available. He needs to be in there on pass rushing downs at the minimum. Yeah, I think I think you've got to play him as well. He's he's too talented, and he's he's going to be better than anyone else. Like there's, I mean, James uh, James Smith Williams is on the COVID list. Uh, Daryl Roberts, cornerback Daryl Roberts, on the COVID list. Jonathan Allen, we mentioned, is on the COVID list. David Mayo is now on the COVID list. Uh, who else? Uh, defensive end uh, Bradley King, William Bradley King, is on the COVID list. I mean, it's literally half of the defensive starters from Sunday are either on the list or or potentially could be unavailable for at the Eagles. Uh, coming up here in a couple, in what half a week or so? I mean, they they've got time to get some of these guys back, and it, it it may end up being just a, you know, just some noise, some early week, you know, shenanigans that that kind of works itself out. But you could potentially, I mean, if 
if Sweat is available, he has to go. And the way that the, the testing works, because the testing is typically done in the afternoons, Sweat, I think, would miss the flight or the, the team bus or train or whatever to Philly, so he'd have to get himself there and then test. The whole thing is just a mess. I, I, I am a little shocked, actually, that the NFL is still kind of pushing this constant Joe, it's, testing it's narrative. I think they got to let it go, man. I think they got to let it go. We'll drive Sweat to Philadelphia, okay? It's just Philly. It's not like oh, ha- Absolutely. Right? Let's go. We'll get a cheesesteak and we'll come back. <laughs> Yeah, you can find us on the way home. Though. Okay, you need a ride. Okay, just let us know. Joe's got the minivan. Okay, we fire. That's it right. Up. Fire up the DTC. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll take. The, we'll, we'll ask some of the roadies to come with us, and we'll, we'll we'll go up. No, no problem. But you know, if Sweat's available, I think you're gonna have to. I think you're gonna have to play him. I, I don't see a way around it. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's too good. You're playing for your playoff lives right now. I mean, you are tied. Uh, for the last playoff spot, you are one loss away from being in the 12th spot. I mean, you, you know, you're tied with one, two, three, four, five other teams uh, that, you know, one loss right now to a team that you're tied with that is the current nine seed and you're the seven seed. Um, you know, well, really- and some of those teams, I, I, if, I think we have to be honest with ourselves too. The Vikings are better than their record. They are. They they just are. I mean, they. Um, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is an animal. Say what you want about Kirk. He's he's yeah. It's he. I know he. he for some reason, that team can't close out. Kirk can never close well, it's out. Coach. It's the coach. Yeah, it's probably the coach too. You know, but the Vikings, they're a better team as constructed today. They have better receiving options, better running back options, better quarterback play, and you could argue uh, certainly a better defense. Um, although they have a much harder schedule the rest of the way, the Vikings are. They're a better team. They're just a better team, and they are better than right now, as constructed, the football team. You know, so look at some of those other teams, Stevie. I mean, they don't have a tiebreaker on the Saints. You know, the, the Saints, the Saints look atrocious, but they have the tiebreaker. You know, and look at the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons. We saw them way back in Week Three, I believe. Um, you know, eked out a win against Atlanta, but in all honesty. Which which team would you would you think is is playing better football right now? I I just think Atlanta's probably going to make some noise down the stretch as well. Washington's going to have to beat Philly twice, and then the scariest game on the schedule, honestly, is the Giants game because generally when a team's got nothing to play for, sometimes you let your guard down. How many times have we seen Washington go into the final game of the season with a poten- with either the opportunity to, to disrupt somebody else's playoff chances or secure their own, and just absolutely lay an egg? Right. Play spoiler. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at look at those NFC teams. I mean, are, is Washington that much better or better at all than some of those other teams that they're chasing or tied with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm more interested in that top of the NFC now that I'm looking at it. I mean, that's going to be a fun playoffs when you have, uh, you know, Rodgers, Brady as the old guys, the one, two seeds. And then you got the young guys with Kyler uh, and Dak and then Stafford looked great yesterday. I mean, some of the throws he made, it seems like he's getting on the same page with OBJ. Um, the Van Jefferson it. touchdown was a thing of beauty that, he, that, running the wrong way, scrambling to his left or whatever it was. And then the heave, I mean, could Taylor Heineke make that throw if you gave him 10 tries? I don't think so. That hit it literally landed in the basket. Like it literally landed in Van Jefferson, like in his hands, without breaking his stride. Something that we've been asking for from Heineke to Taylor for the entire season. That 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 Stafford throw was special. That was just, it was really it, good. 
And the, Ram, the Rams are better than their, their record also. Absolutely. And that's why uh, uh, I wouldn't mind a Rams-Cardinals rematch right there uh, or put Brady against the Cowboys. I mean, it's going to be a fun NFC playoffs. The six and seven te- seeds will not factor in, which is fine. But you know what? If we can get one more weekend of football here in D.C., we can get something to cheer for on uh, you know in mid-January now. I hear the playoffs are starting uh, super late. When's the Super Bowl? Are they move it to March yet? No, it's not. It's not. It's not in March, guy. <laughs> it's, it's not crazy. in March. They keep on moving it back. It's the it's the weekend. So the February fifth, sixth weekend is the Pro Bowl weekend. So it's the following oh. one. All right, so that's a week later than yes. They keep on moving it back a week. I mean, but I, think- I believe we start getting Saturday football this week. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So Saturdays and Sundays now. Yeah. There are fantasy implications, and we, we try not to talk about the, the, the only league that matters uh, here, the fantasy league. But, yeah, there was, uh, I mean, it was a nice opportunity to watch the end of the football team Dallas game together and to see the boys scrambling to see who's got up. Because the whole league is basically tied. <laughs> so well, our fantasy league actu- accurately reflects the NFC at the moment. Everyone's tied with the same record and looking at tiebreakers. Joe, the playoffs, uh, what are you, a week behind? The season's over. No, I understand. I'm saying at the time on oh, Sunday, oh, oh. everyone was looking. I'm saying at you're, it. you're 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 burying the lead here, which is you didn't make the playoffs, and I'm I, the number one seed. <laughs> I did not make the playoffs. <laughs> Who gives a crap about tiebreakers? You didn't make the playoffs. I'm the number one seed. I have no fantasy implications this week because I have a bye, and I am looking to go back to back. Where's the trophy, by the way? It was there. It was present. Don't worry. I mean, it wasn't the right decor for my kid's third uh, birthday party, so uh, I had to hide it a little bit. I mean, don't let the fantasy league hear you say that. No, they won't appreciate that. <laughs> We haven't. We actually haven't seen many pictures of it this year, Stevie. Something you got to correct. It's, uh, it's coming out for playoff time. Don't worry. Should be a fun playoffs. Did you get a chance to watch any of the other NFL matchups on Sunday? No. Mainly the Chiefs. The Chiefs all of a sudden look like a team. The team that we, you know, formerly watched and you know recognized. Did Did we doubt? No, I didn't watch that. But no, did we really doubt that they were going to turn a corner? I mean, talent always prevails in this league, which is. I'm not to go back to Washington, but which is why everybody kind of regresses to the means uh, to the mean, you know, we knew the chiefs were going to be great. And I think they've won five in a row. Yeah. They're, they're on a heater as well. I mean, but they're they're this win against the Raiders was, was impressive. And it was the, uh, I saw this little nugget on, uh, on the crawl, the uh, chiefs beating the Raiders 48 to nine. It's the first time that that score has ever been the final score of an NFL game. I don't know why I care about little things like that from time to time, but there's never been a forty-eight to nine game before, and and honestly, the Raiders, the Raiders, I mean, who started off hot-ish and then lost their coach and then got hot again, they now in you know back-to-back weeks have dropped to the the football team, you know, not a very close game to the Chiefs or sorry, I mean, the Chiefs kind of blew them out. I mean, the Raiders seem like the wheels are coming off, and if that continues, I think here in D.C. it's gonna we're gonna the rumblings of Carr to DC will come up again and again because let, let's be honest, the team, the football team won't be in a position where they're going to be drafting a quarterback. So they're likely going to be looking at the potential free agent uh, or trade options out there. And this may be it. And personally, I, I like David Carr. I mean, he would be an upgrade over anyone on the roster currently. And I know there's some, there's still some people that are, are slinging the Taylor love, you know, left and Derek right. Carr would be better than David Carr. I think you mean Derek Carr. Did I call him David again? You did, and you went with the old school boy. He keeps okay. coming up. He keeps coming up. He played for the Texans, if I'm not mistaken. David okay. Carr has the same arm as Taylor Heineke at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's, that's probably true. That's probably true. But, you know, to bring it back to Washington, 
I mean, it, Taylor is probably not. I can't foresee a scenario where he's the starter in Washington next year. I mean, do you do you see him as the starter in Washington? I see it, but I think it's a bad scenario where we have struck out on several other options. I, I think that's where you know we go out in free agency. We're not able to lure a top tier guy, and uh, and so you know then we're stuck with Taylor. I, I don't think he is our first, second, or third choice right now. I agree. I, I think it's very tough to see him as the as the actual starter, right? I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't the starter this year. He came in, you know, to take over basically for for Fitzpatrick, and you know, ten million spent on Fitzpatrick for three pass attempts, and it sucks. But that that's you know that's how the curse rolls in Washington. Uh, Curtis Samuel comes in with a lot of expectations, and even this morning, the on local radio. The, uh, you know, they were asking Ron about, you know, Curtis Samuel's workload. I mean, he was brought in to be more of a Swiss army knife, more of the, the Cordell Patterson role, you know, the run, the run, you know, catch and sometimes even pass, like just do different things from different positions on the field. He was healthy. I mean, and even when Terry goes out of the game on Sunday, I mean, he wasn't anywhere to be found. You know, Cam Sims is the one making the crazy, the crazy touchdown grab, which was very, very, I mean, what an awesome catch from him, but you know, Humphreys is still running all the underneath stuff. Terry, he's in concussion protocol, and, and it looks like he will likely play against Philly uh, later this week, but uh, or this weekend on Sunday. But, I mean, Curtis Samuel's been a disappointment as well. I mean, the, the Washington needs a bunch of things, but obviously to me, and I, I think anyone would agree who watches football, it starts and ends with the quarterback. And, and we saw what Kyle can't give you also. You know, and, and honestly, Stevie, you saw the fumble or what was called a fumble that I don't think it was a fumble. I, I've watched that play six or seven or eight times just this morning, like just scrolling on Twitter. The ball is clearly moving forward. I understand it's 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 on his fingertips, but it doesn't he doesn't lose it straight up in the air. I mean, it's moving forward, which means he's pushing it forward. Which means I, it I don't think about it. I don't I, I again, I'm not claim to be an expert and everybody makes up their own things with the NFL rules, but. I don't think it's about the direction that the ball was moving. And I think it's the empty hand rule in the sense that uh, when his hand moves forward, he does not possess control of the ball. And so I think it was bang, bang play. I think it was the call on the field was going to prevail, but man, that, that was a stomach punch. I mean, they had a chance. Absolutely. But so was the Taylor fumble. Taylor had that ball pinned on his chest and then it comes out, you know, and it turns into a thing where, okay, well, you know, and this was an interesting, I saw this on Twitter this morning too. How do you differentiate, you know, roughing the passer when a, when a defensive player, like had Taylor held onto the ball, would that have been called roughing the passer because the defensive player put his entire weight on the quarterback or not? Like, how do you, how does the NFL plan to differentiate between, you know, whoever falling on a, somebody, a defensive end falling on a quarterback and causing a fumble versus if Taylor holds onto it, it goes 15 yards the other way. Like, I don't understand that rule either. Like, I don't know. It, it's some of these things, and and Ron alluded to it too. Like it, it, they don't make you happy. They they make you annoyed. You know, probably is, is the the best word or most polite word about it. But you know it, that those two plays are also are not the reason that the football team lost. Exactly. You know, that's not that's not why they, they had no answer for Michael Parsons at all. Exactly. Micah, exactly. Micah was both somehow blitzing off like straight up the middle and getting sacks off the ends and getting pressure and then falling back into coverage and almost having interceptions. I, I mean, he, does he, I don't know. He kind of reminds me of like, 
know, like a younger Ray Lewis, maybe. Maybe. Whoa, maybe. Slow your roll a little bit there, Joe. Okay. I'm trying to think of another another linebacker who who is that versatile to go, you know, center pressure, edge pressure, and then potentially fall back into coverage and actually make you know meaningful plays. Can I you mean, think of you one? know, oh, I mean, uh, you know who I love? R.I.P. Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas is a good one. Yeah. Derek Thomas is screaming off that edge, but he could also cover. Uh, you know, like London, London could do two of those three, right? You can never drop back into coverage. If you're going to drop London, I'll drop you some Wilbur Marshall. Okay. If we're going, uh, I mean, mean, I'm just saying like in DC, (laughs) like I'm trying to, I was really trying to think hard about like the last time we had a linebacker that really could do that. Like, like re I mean, cover 15, 20 yards down the field, you know, be an edge rusher when needed and also blitz up the center. It's, there's only a handful in the, maybe in the whole league that can do that. You know, and, and yeah. you know, on the current construction of the football team, the closest player you have to be able to do that, ironically, is Landon Collins. Well, I mean, we had a guy that could do all of that. He played free safety in his number oh, 36 21 and 21. Okay, so. 21 forever. Hey, you know, speaking of departed NFL players, I don't know how to segue. It's an interesting I, segment we're I in just, here, but go I ahead. Just, I just rewatched that Netflix special on Aaron Hernandez. You ever seen it? I did. My oh. killer. It was freak. Yes, as yeah. wild, wild stuff, man. How much? How much of his craziness was due God. to Tim Tebow being his quarterback at Florida? Dude, no, man. Tebow, Urban Meyer, they were trying to put him on the straight and narrow, man. But that guy was wild, absolutely wild. Yes, he just never. And and I don't buy the CTE stuff in his case. And I know they tried to make it about that at the end of the show. I absolutely believe CTE affects many, many NFL players and oh, makes them do I mean, crazy that's things. Not question. Junior I mean, Seau. Junior Seau is the one that comes to mind. Absolutely. But, man, he, he was into some bad stuff. And he just... He, I mean, Stevie, we, we grew up in an era where the NFL sold like VHS and DVDs of the biggest hits in mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the era. That that's the era. That that's what brought us into football. It was never the the offensive showman, right? Like that's where the league is now. But once upon a time, it was about big hits and collisions and the violence of the game. That that's actually what pulled us in, right? Well, when, when you, uh, you know, it's funny is I, I I was just thinking about this. You know, Sunday night football was like must see TV when there was a Ravens Steelers game that would end up nine to six with Big Ben throwing yes. like 120 yards to Heinz Ward. I mean, Heinz Ward was popping people as a wide receiver. I mean, yes. those games, how many concussions came out of those games? You know, I was watching, like I said, the Aaron Hernandez, seeing him get hit by Ray Lewis a couple of times in those playoff games. I mean, you're right. That That's what the league, uh, you know, buttered its bread on for so many years. And there's a culpability there with the NFL with absolutely, sure. you know, with the higher ups there. But um, I mean, Sean, Sean Taylor, you mentioned 21. He, I mean, is he more known for his interceptions or for the, for leveling the pro bowl, uh, the punter in the pro bowl, right. Bill Moore. Or for, you know, going toe to toe with Randy Moss and, and shoving like literally riding his face into the ground. You know, I mean, it, it was all predicated on these these big hits, and and you're right. I think there is some culpability there. The NFL obviously clearly doesn't sell those DVDs or or, or those those they don't sell those big hit packages anymore. And now the league has gone the other way, right? Where everything is a defensive pass interference, literally everything. How many bad calls on any given Sunday? There's probably ten terrible 
defensive pass interference calls. And I'm convinced at this point, Stevie, that there's offensive packages that basically the quarterback has no intention of throwing a catchable ball to the receiver. The play is receiver go as far down the field as possible, initiate contract and fall over and complain because the refs are going to throw the flag based on the, how the rules are structured. Well, the, the, I mean, to say the league has gone the other way, I, I, for the life of me, I mean, with all of modern technology and everything we got, you know, don't know why we have not been able to introduce new equipment, new helmets. And I think they're out there. And I, I believe that, excuse me, the technology has been created and the, the, that we have modern gear that can protect against concussions and major injuries. I think the NFL, I don't know, something, whether it's more expensive, whether it's uh, you know bad for the game, whether it's bad for the quality of the play, it's heavier, it'll slow down the play. I don't know what it is, but it's archaic, you know, where we're at right now and uh but the helmet technology has come like they have inflatable like the inflatables now for guys that if you remember um uh, jordan reed actually had one of those helmets it made his head look like a like a fat head but he would put the helmet on and then they would pump it up basically to to like not extra cushion yeah 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 i mean that that you're right i mean the league has progressed in that regard and obviously they're, they're funding a lot of the research now into helmet technology but i mean i mean the league seems to be losing players that we that we grew up watching or like that were younger than us like Demarius Thomas passed last week you know Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas I mean yep. I I didn't go too deep into the story but I mean the love that that he's got like the love for him in the Denver community my wife is from Denver like the Broncos are are a beloved franchise or one of the legacy you know franchises multiple Super Bowl wins obviously uh, I mean to see the pictures and the stories coming out about all the stuff that Demarius did like for him to die just such a young age it's, it's a shame you know, and and he, you know, his career ended very abruptly. You know, I think he was the last, lastly, a member of the uh, the the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. I think he retired from the league as a Jet. You know, but there, this these things happen. You know, and and it's the the toll that this game takes on. Jordan Reed was trying to, you know, make it back to the to you know onto a roster yet again, and basically his agent his agent dropped him. His family was ready to disown him. I mean, it and he's you know it, it's people like players have to I. I can't imagine how hard it is for them to make a decision of like how much risk is too, too much risk, you know, especially when you're in multiple concussion situations and Jordan Reed was having them seemingly uh, biweekly, you know, I mean, almost to the point like they were just migraines to him. That that's, that's scary, man. And like, and now like even Ron this morning, you know, again on local radio, he was talking about, you know, we don't, we don't we don't mess around with concussion protocol. Terry's in concussion protocol now. You know, JD McKissick likely will return. It will 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 exit concussion protocol and be available to the team starting on Wednesday this week, starting tomorrow. So, you know, it's tough to say, man. And and honestly, the Terry, I don't know. I kind of blame Taylor for Terry's concussion. I think it was yeah. it was a bad read. It was a bad throw. It was maybe ten yards underthrown. He had to leap to get it yet again. Well, well, just just to go back to your your point and and even actualize it on a, on a different level. I mean, me and you, I don't think anyone would ever assume or, or say that we have small social networks. And between our two social networks, I speak for myself. I don't know anyone. I have three children who play sports on a seasonal basis. I don't know any of uh, certainly not my children and any of their friends who are playing tackle football, pee wee football in any ele- elementary age children in my social network. 
There's yeah, I mean my my nephew Thomas plays Peewee, but it's it's two flags. Flags, exactly. Yeah, I mean it gets it gets a little it gets flags. a little rough from time to time, but like they're not they're not they're not tackling each other. No. It, I, but I, but you I, know, this whole generation, Stevie's gonna end up not learning how to tackle properly, right? And eventually like it, it, I mean it's fundamentals, right? Like there's a whole generation of NBA players, right, that that all think that they're point guards and dribble and fancy dribbling, whatever, they can't make free throws. Right, it's either they they can hit three pointers, and they can dunk, but they can't make free throws. Right, I mean, well, it, doesn't the NFL risk the same that you end up with no. players that are even lousier at tackling that are going to be even more susceptible to injury? Well, unfortunately, I think the NFL has a stream, a talent pool that they're pulling from lower socioeconomic status areas where they are pulling these kids off the street, and you know, well, it's not the NFL. I mean, it's. I mean, it's something NFL, right? I mean, it, well, it leads up to that. They're schools, promising the schools, NFL. College, they're, yeah. they're, they're promising that little pipeline, but yeah, I mean, they're gonna. It's gonna be a game for kids who are trying to get out of their situations or whatever, and so it'll just be, you know, something that, again, is a class thing. Is where you know the 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 the, the haves will be sitting in the stands watching. It's kind of like barbarians, kind of just kill each other uh, until. And I hate to say this, someone dies in an NFL game. Well, I mean, and the NFL's had to wrestle with that previously. They've had they've had players, you know, become paralyzed on the field. They've had players, you know, is, be I mean, knocked every, out cold. Yeah, I think on a weekly basis, they bring out the stretcher, and you know, you see the the defensive uh, players signaling the bench, come on, come on, come on, come on, and they bring out the little cart, and then the the, the guy puts his thumb up, and then everybody gives the golf clap like he's okay, and it. Just and then like, he goes yeah, to the locker man. room and falls over. Yeah. Oh, well, they pump him with whatever they're pumping in the back, you, you know? So it's best not to think about. <laughs> well, but it's, but they, they make, I mean, it's the trade off for being comp. I mean, they're compensated. Well, exactly. No one is you know, forced. Like it, it is not like a draft for the military. You know, no one is forced to participate in any of this. So, and th- and that's why, like we've seen in in previous years, we've seen players just re- retire. You know, basically make make their millions, and then just well, I don't need anymore. In the Aaron Hernandez documentary, Chris Borland was a uh, linebacker for the Niners who retired after one season because he had read the research on CTE and was just like, "Screw it, I didn't even make my millions, but." I'll keep my brain intact and go find gainful employment elsewhere. Yeah, and and honestly, you can't you can't can't hold it against them, right? But at the same time, you can't you look at a guy like Jordan Reed who's trying to continue to stay in the league, but the league won't let him. You know, like no, like you're you're putting yourself in in an unreasonably risky situation. Like you just can't do it. You know, and yeah, I mean it's it's a I don't know, like with the NFL in particular, because the contracts aren't guaranteed. Like they get guaranteed money, but it's not like the NBA. Or, you know, the NBA, like you sign, you sign your name on the line. You can, I mean, look at Zion and I, I'm not going to pick on him, but I mean, Zion, he might not get to a second contract in the NBA, given the way his, his, um, physique is changing and, and his, like he, he's, he's in a very tricky sp- I mean, honestly, honestly, there, there's, there's, I don't know what, what's going on. With uh, Zion? You, can, you can Google. I'm not, I'm not going to crap on him. I'm not going to crap on anybody because of the, he put on the COVID 15. Well, I mean, maybe he got COVID like 10 times or something like, yeah, potentially. But he, he, I mean, he, he may not meet him. Honestly, like he might not get to a second contract, but it's guaranteed. What he's got is guaranteed, you know? And, um, you know, even here, 
this is going to be, I'm, I'm going to pivot into a wizard's topic here and I know you're not going to be able to do anything. So it's, I'm Googling Zion Williamson. So just keep talking. Yeah, maybe you can, maybe after that, you can uh, do a Google on Bradley Beal and see how much money he potentially will earn this off season as a free agent. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you watched zero minutes of the, uh, the, the wizards at nuggets yesterday, but, and I need to get LP on a show here because you know, the Wizards started off super red hot, Stevie. The the football team was on a downward trend. The Wizards were on an upward trend, and there was some buzz around the Wizards. Then, for some reason, you know, it everything flip-flops. The the, the, the football team goes on a four-game winning streak, and the um, the Wizards just keep dropping games. They, they're, I think they're just above 500 right now, but the Bradley Beal is a, a very... I think he's going... I think this is it for him as a Wizard. I, I think... I think Tommy Shepard and the Wizards looked at him and John Wall and said he's the better of the two options at this point in time, and they were probably right. I, actually, they were right. Bradley Beal was the better player head-to-head, John Wall coming off an injury and everything else. The thing that John Wall always had, that Bradley Beal never had, John Wall, you never see him with, with bad body language on the sidelines. He was always dapping up the players. He was always engaged in the game. He was always active in the community. Brad has tried to be that guy. It's never it's he's never looked worse on the bench um than he had than he than he does right now. I mean the, the body language is all wrong. It's definitely I think the Wizards are punching, you know, to start the season they were punching way above their weight class. I mean, the minutes they were getting out of guys like Montrez Harrell um who who I love, you know, but there's a reason why this guy is I mean he's undersized. He he can't give you I mean he can't he plays big, but he's not big. And, you know, he's, he's a liability, especially, and you got, you got Gafford who can't stay out of, out of foul trouble. Like the team was overperforming for sure to start the season, but you're paying Bradley Beal an insane amount of money to be your stud, to be your clear number one, which is what he wanted and what the team wanted for him. And they built this team around him. He's not giving you all-star superstar, all world performances right now. And when he's off, the whole team is off. Like he, him and Spencer can't play at the same time. It's a very weird thing. Spencer is, you know, who he thought he was or who we thought he was. Like, he's going to come in and shoot, you know, 30% from three and a, a little under 40% from the field. He's going to give you, you know, 18 to 20 points. You you put Beal into the mix, though. He's just, something is wrong there. And I I, I really, I know LP is going to disagree with me, but I, I if you're Tommy Shepard and the Wizards, you can't pay Bradley Beal super, super max. You can't. He's not worth it. Again, I know you watched you you went to a game you went to a game a couple weeks ago, right? And I think I you saw Beal in person. I did. I, I went to the Heat game Saturday night. Yeah. So I don't know if you have a read on this at all, but is, I, I is Beal not. is Beal worth super max money? No. Is he, I, I, is I he don't Steph know the Curry answer or Chris Paul or LeBron? What I will throw back to you is that because you follow this stuff and I don't is all I know is that a couple weeks ago you guys were booking tickets to the Eastern Conference Championship because they were red hot and saying these guys, uh, uh, you know, yes. rebuilt the team and, you know, all this stuff. And yes. now you're trying to blow things up. So, you know, settle down a little bit, okay? Well, okay. I mean, if you're Tommy Shepard, are you are you maxing out Bradley Beal again? Or do I you mean, ask him to take a – do you ask him to take a pay cut? I, how, I how old is Bradley Beal? Uh, I can search. I, I want to say he's 28. Let's see. I mean, a guy like that, when he loses a step, it really affects his game. You know, he doesn't have the size. You know, like, like you know, when you look at, like, Jordan and those guys, you know, when Jordan lost a step, what did he do? 
turned into the the the, the post up fadeaway that fade away. basically sure. the unstoppable you know weapon. You know, so Brad LeBron. Is, Brad is twenty eight. He is in his, He's played. Yesterday was his twenty fifth game of the season. Worst field goal percentage in six seasons. Worst worst scoring average uh, in four seasons. Worst three point percentage of his career. I mean, it, it, this is more than a slump, Steve. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't base anything off of 25 games or whatever. I would just say, how long is a max contract? Five years? Six years? Yeah, he would be, he would be earning upwards of $45 million if they signed him to us. I mean, that's... I don't know. I know there's some, there's some people in the chat saying, yeah, he's you know, pay him because he's been loyal to D.C. I don't know if you can pay him that kind of money because he's well, loyal to D.C. If, he's, he if he's truly loyal to D.C., then he'll... he'll you could talk to him and and pull maybe, Brady, yeah, take a little take a little less, yeah, for a contender. I mean, if if they if they get back to playing the way they were they were playing in the beginning of the season, then I mean they they are they are way off that form though. I mean they are I mean they I think in five or six of their last eight they've been down double digits, uh, like after the first frame or going into the second quarter. I mean it's. They're just not playing well. And, and, you know, I think some people put it on the coach. The coach is not getting, not creative enough. But I think also, like, I mean, they're just, I think they just started off really hot, and that's okay. But Beal has to be able to carry you in games. Like, even if he's not going to push you over the, again, if you're earning super max money, you should be able to carry the team and earn wins on your own. But even if you're not able to do that, you, you should be able to keep the games closer than what they've been. And I and I think that's the problem here. I think, I think the Wizards have an uphill climb the rest of the way. You know, they'll, they'll they should still make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be contending for anything. They should still make the playoffs. You know, but I, but Bradley is an interesting case, man. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I, I honestly don't know if uh, if I would extend him. I, I don't. I just don't think you can. And the team on a whole, like again, him and Spencer aren't playing well together, and they can't seem to get you know to keep Montrez on the court. I don't know. I don't know. Do you watch? Are you so the NBA? The NBA TV usually. I'm usually sorry, I'm does, not LP Joe. Okay, I'm sorry. I know. I'm just here talking to myself, so I'm gonna bring you back in. Will you watch the Christmas Day games at least? That's usually when like people start caring about the NBA. They they do the marquee matchups on, I was gonna say, on Christmas. The difference is we're gonna have they're gonna be head to head against NFL football because it's also on a Saturday. So I don't know. Like what do what's on the slate for for NBA? Give me give me the the two top ticket games. I think we have, I think we have, uh, I believe the early game is, I think it's Miami at Boston. And I think the late game is the Nets at the Lakers, I believe. And I think there's one in the evening as well. Clippers at Suns or something like that. I think, I think it might be Bucks Suns. Would that be a rematch of the finals? It would. That would be a good one. Chris Paul and the Suns are playing some spectacular basketball. I I would watch uh, Bucks Suns while doing other stuff. And while doing um, other stuff like watching NFL. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I put it on a little uh, TV and I would tune into the end of a Lakers Nets game. That'll most likely be a blowout. But you would watch any NFL game first. Oh, yeah. Saturday. I mean, sorry, a December NFL football. Are you crazy? I'm, I'm offended. Although I kind of like the I mean, the Lions. No, they wouldn't put those on the Saturday games. So, I mean, no, the, no, the no. NFL's not stupid. So, yeah, I, I would watch any NFL game with any type of playoff implication over the top NBA regular season game. Of course, I don't know. That's not even 
you could pull the audience. Uh, it should be 95% to 5%, and that 5% should be LP and FP. Well, I mean, to be fair, this this show during football season is 95% football, right? It's these... Uh, these five percents are basically just my monologues of talking to myself because because you're not. I know you're not watching. You're not watching anything but but football team and, and NFL. So I mean, um, don't yeah. ask me about a Nats regular season game versus first round NBA playoff game. I mean, the, are we are we to spring? Uh, when when do when do uh, uh, pitchers and catchers report? Now, who's talking to, to to themselves by themselves right now? The MLB is currently in a a lock uh, a lockout. So no season. Somebody's got to give in. Somebody. Why don't I mean, you call your got... boy Scott? Get get Scott Boris and Rizzo in a in a room, Stevie. Oh, I mean, I think Boris is loving this right now. I think Boris is pushing this. Isn't Boris representative of the? Uh, is he is he representing the players' union in these negotiations? No, no, He's I don't just think he's. Yeah, I mean, the, I think only players can be on like the board of the players' union, but uh, he's got a voice and he's using. I mean, it do you and... believe there's a chance that we won't have baseball on time? Um, I mean, on time is a relative term, right? We have 162 games. You know, the first 30 are expendable. So I think uh, – I'm not sure baseball can survive another protracted lockout. Uh, I, I think everyone will see that it will hurt the bottom line of everybody, owners, players, contracts, uh, revenue. I, I don't think they have uh, – I mean, we've had some great MLB seasons, some great MLB playoffs, some really young stars coming into the league. So, I mean, the MLB is trending upwards. The last thing you want is a stoppage, a uh, work stoppage. Um, so, I mean, if there is a stoppage, the players just work out on their own or together, but I away mean, from the, the teams or the teams let them in or. No, you're not allowed to use the facilities. So spring training wouldn't happen. Okay. Um, and I mean, it's baseball. It's not like, uh, you know, you can get into season shape. In a matter of weeks. I mean, well, the I mean, if you shorten the season, you, you could argue that it makes every game that much more meaningful. Right? I mean, it's a long season. Yeah, I mean, but you're you're losing a lot. You're losing revenue. You're losing ticket sales. I mean, people like going to the ballpark. Um, so in that regard, as long as I can see Max one time at the park and stand up and cheer for him, well, you'd probably be seeing him the second week of the season when the Mets come into town. So right now, Max. Is slated to start the first or second game in the Mets season against us. And then the Mets come into Nats Park the week after, which he would pitch on regular rest, either the you know first or second game of that series. So I mean he he should get a standing ovation. There's no question, right? Um, I think he should retire a Nat when it's time. I mean, unless he wins multiple World Series or another one somewhere else. I mean, he's he's gotta go in as a Nat. I'm telling you. Mark my words, the Mets will rue the day they sign that contract. Why? He doesn't have enough left in the tank. He he is not a I mean, premier. There was no chance right he was now. coming back to DC. I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't want him. I didn't want him. I think he's 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 you know lost a step. I think his arm is not what it used to be. I mean, the last two of the last three seasons, he hasn't been able to pitch in a World Series game. Now, granted, you know, he was in the World Series in, in those seasons. He wasn't able to pitch in a World Series game because of injury or arm fatigue. Read into that. I mean, like, when, when someone's telling you what they are, believe them. He was not able to pitch last season because of arm fatigue. I mean, he was not pitching. You know, he was going four or five innings, even when he was pitching in the World Series. Yeah. 
and divisional and and well, uh, he was going hard. He was grimacing. I mean, th- those those are all things that we saw just you know a million miles away on TV. But it'd be interesting. Maybe maybe let's tr- let's see if we can track down uh, Matt. Matt, oh, I love Matt. See, love him. Let's see if we can get him. Uh, you know, get his thoughts. I mean, he, he's he's obsessed. You, you got to pull him away from a Christmas buffet or something. Okay, he's, <laughs> he's busy. He's busy. He's doing stuff. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. You know, I I don't. I mean, I don't know, Stevie. Matt Matt loves certain things. I love certain things. He he. I saw him briefly uh, this past week, and I think in our one hour gathering together, I had like four hot chocolates. I can't stop drinking hot chocolate. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with hot chocolate. I don't know what it is, and it kind of ricks me when people call it hot cocoa. I don't know why. It's just hot chocolate. I mean, I, you went to uh, Enchant, I believe, last week. Did you have a spiked hot chocolate for eighteen no, bucks or something? I did not have it spiked. I was on I was on full alert parent duty with uh, strangers everywhere, so I, there's no spiking of anything. But um, I did order hot chocolate. It was not very good hot chocolate, but I did. I drank $7. all of my kids. Yeah. 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 It's it's $7 for like a Swiss Miss packet, basically, and hot water. Yep. Um, No, I mean, we we do it fancy over here. We get the Coca Motion. Have you ever seen the Coca Motion machine? No, I I look forward to seeing it. Oh, my goodness, Stevie. Stevie, you mix it, you you do a little bit of the milk or whatever your base is. Some people do it with water, whatever. You put the the packets of thing or scoops in. Personally, I add a little bit of protein in there too, just because I, 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 you know, I try to convince myself it's uh, a little healthier that way, but. All that machine does is mix it very slowly. So there's, there's no magic behind it. But for some reason, it just tastes awesome. I, I can't stop drinking it. I can't stop drinking it. I'm, I'm waiting for my invite. All right, come over. Come over. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Any final thoughts, Stevie? Any final thoughts as we sit here on this very bright Tuesday? No, I mean, hey, big game on Sunday will go a long way in seeing where this team lands on the playoff spectrum. I mean, it is a must win. If they don't win it, they will not make the playoffs. I agree. I think they have to win. They're, they're going to have to win. If they don't intend to beat Dallas or can't beat Dallas, they're going to have right. to get both against Philly. So right. they are they are in playoff mode. But honestly, they've been in playoff mode for the past yeah. month, and they've fared pretty well. I mean, they've won they've won four or five, right? So like I, I think you, they still they still are deserved that credit or or, or do that credit. I mean, they've won. They've won four or five. I mean, 80% over the past month or five weeks is is not, that's not a small feat and against very competent opponents as well. So yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a must win for them. We'll see what happens. We'll see how the COVID list shakes out. We'll see how, um, we'll see if Montez is able to go. Hopefully Terry is able to go. JD is back. You know, they start getting some of these pieces back. It was officially reported that Logan did tear his ACL, mm-hmm. so he's done for the season officially. He was he was before then, but we won't see him probably until the start of next season. So we'll see, Stevie. Thank you for making time, as always, for everyone that has uh, joined and tuned in and stayed with us. We appreciate the love. The show is called DTC, Defeating the Curse. It's available on all social media platforms and all podcast platforms as well. Find us, like us, subscribe, send in your comments, question ideas, or if you want to be part of the show, send me a DM. We're happy to pull in uh, pull in fans, and well, we did it with Shelly last week, and I think we have a special guest coming up, uh, two special guests actually. We have Kirby coming on tomorrow, and my man Andy from the UK, a huge Washington football team fan from the UK, is going to be coming on as well. Um, so stay tuned, and if you want to participate, like I said, just send in a note. We'll get you on the show. But thank you for hanging out with me and Stevie. Uh, Again, this is DTC. Thank you to The Contender for airing our show and for everything that they've done for us over the past several months. We appreciate them. Until next time, for Stevie, my name is Joe. This is DTC. We are out.